All right, let's get started. I see a lot of people already here, including our guests. Uh, I am Delete from Dexy, and this is a DAO talk that we do every Tuesday. Uh, today's topic that we're just going to kind of flow with is delegate motivation, what motivates delegates, what doesn't, how can we motivate it better, and all those things. Uh, we have today with us Mahesh from Karma. We have uh, Paper uh, Emporium from GFX Labs, and um, one more guest couldn't make it, and there might be a surprise replacement, we'll see. Um, but for now, uh, I'm just going to shut up for a second so that our guests can introduce themselves and then talk a little bit about themselves, and then we'll move on to the actual discussion. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, thanks for having us. Good, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. guys want to introduce yourselves a bit more I, I didn't want to talk too much about you so that since you would do it much better um yeah i can i can go um hi my name is Mahesh um, murthy i'm the founder of karma um at karma we are building um reputation tools um primarily focusing on uh, governance participants so we um we work uh, a lot with the delegates in uh, various DAOs. Um, our core product is uh, Delegate Dashboard. So we um, index all the contributions of the delegates and their activity. Um, we index all their on-chain voting um, activity, off-chain or snapshot voting activity, their forum, Discord. So you know, we index all their activity, aggregate and surface all that information on um, in a dashboard for the community to get visibility into who these delegates are, um, how they're performing, and then also for delegates to just um, uh, look at all their stats themselves. So uh, we also have a number of tools around this, which we have built to help improve governance. So I'm Paper Imperium. Uh, I work for GFX Labs. My job is a job. My job title is a governance liaison. Um, I handle GFX's day-to-day -day affairs on a number of protocols. We're very active in governance uh, across a lot of uh, Ethereum, DeFi. Most people know us from work at MakerDAO, Optimism, uh, Compound, Arbitrum, Uniswap, uh, and some others. Uh, so uh, we are probably some of the delegates that use those dashboards. Yeah, so that's going to make an interesting discussion in terms of both the uh reputation management uh, representative and then someone who's actually very much into delegation I've seen in the profile you know GFX labs of uh, how many DAOs you and your delegates at so it's pretty exciting to hear both of the perspectives well, let's just dive right into it right so the basic question the very very basic question um, that I've seen from research including from Mahesh's uh, presentation um, so few delegates voting, you know, actively, uh, where it all for that matter. Why, right? Why do so few delegates actually vote? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I can start here. So there's, a, I think it's first important to realize there's a lot of different kinds of delegates. So uh, I am paid full time to keep up with a number of DAOs for my employer, uh, who receives delegation from from people who, who want to delegate to GFX labs. Um, but that's not most delegates. Most delegates are going to be either uh, part-time or even fairly casual. Uh, and it also depends upon where in the DAO's life cycle it is. 
in the beginning, you tend to get people that are, you know, like the, the true believers, they're, they're there from the beginning. And so they, um, it, it's easy for them to have opinions and informed opinions because they, they have the con the proper context whenever there's a proposal or a discussion going on. Uh, but as time goes on, uh, Dow, uh, depending on what its operations are for, uh, may become more complex. Uh, and so some people, uh, you know, correctly understand that they don't have, uh, necessarily the, either the context within the Dow or the subject area expertise, uh, to weigh in on some votes. Uh, and then, then there's also just some votes are very, you know, controversial and it can be very unpopular to like say that somebody should lose their pay or, uh, that somebody's proposal should not be approved that, you know, they clearly care a lot about. So it, you know, a lot of it depends. I think there's a lot of reasons. It's just like real life, um, you know, elections in a democracy. There are a lot of reasons to vote. There's a lot of reasons not to vote. Um, unfortunately, one of the reasons to vote is probably not because you think that you'll change the outcome. <laughs> and that's that's the same in a democracy as it is in a DAO. Uh, you, you probably don't have the juice to swing the vote by yourself. And if, if you do, it, it's a rare occurrence. You should celebrate it. Yeah, I, I agree with uh, everything uh, Paper MPM is saying, um, and um, so we have noticed the same thing. Like when a new DAO is launched, everyone is so excited; they want to like participate and then um, uh, vote on proposals, discuss on forum, um, and then it kind of like tapers off. Um, I wanted to just post um, our, like one of the analysis we did uh, up like a few months ago and like just to see how the participation kind of like deteriorates and um the only like um the early the big issue i had with that is um uh, some of the delegates who accrue a lot of voting power like when they decide to to like not uh, be involved that much like the all the voting power just goes for a like a waste so and there's really no way to for them to say hey i'm not involved anymore and i just want to uh, um, just give back the all my voting power to the pool or distribute it somewhere. So, uh, but otherwise, I um, I agree with everything uh, with paper and paper was saying. I mean, that's kind of the frustration point, right? Where people supposedly the idea, at least, is to delegate to delegates in order for the power voting power not to be wasted, in order for it to actually be used. And then, if the delegates themselves feel that there's no point, that they're not going to move the needle at all, uh, something's not right in the system, right? So how do you give them enough power? Uh, is it a matter of, you know, like in, with Paper Ethereum's case, uh, to make sure delegates are properly compensated by, you know, either the DAO treasury or their employer or whoever it is? Uh, is it some other kind of motivation? Is it at all monetary? Is it more in terms of uh, voting power itself and dynamics of that? What ideas do you guys have in terms of giving the delegates whatever power or confidence they need to actually believe that their voting is important and, and do it. Um, I think compensation is a, a, a big um, reason or uh, is, is definitely necessary because um, especially for like larger protocols, there is so much happening and um, it is a lot of work. Um, there are like so many people like posting on forum with like ideas or like 
um, you someone you need someone to like actually prune those, give them right feedback. Um, it is a lot of work, and if you don't compensate them at all, compensate them at all, then it kind of becomes difficult. Like, what is their motivation? Um, well, uh, even if they have the right motivation, um, how do you expect them to put in the work? Um, the, I know some delegates have like they do other things along with the delegate being a delegate um but the compensation if if i have to say that that is one of the biggest topic needs to be solved it is a big motivation factor and of course also um when you have a, like a big protocol um the other motivating factor is like you have like the power to like make such a large impact um which uh, which might be also which is also like like a big factor i would say Yeah, I mean, delegate pay is just one of these things where I think everyone recognizes that in an ideal world, delegates are compensated. Then the question becomes one of implementation. And there have been a few protocols that have tried this. So um, MakerDAO uh, has a, a fairly um, uh, large compensation scheme for its delegates um, that has recently changed, but they have been paying delegates for uh, a couple of years now. Uh, optimism is another one that, that pays delegates. So it's more ad hoc and retroactive. So it's kind of at the discretion of, uh, the, uh, labs and the foundation, uh, at the moment. So it's not like a, a standardized process. I think partly because it's difficult to figure out what you want to measure because whatever you decide to measure, you'll get more of it. If you want people to vote, well, anybody can mash a button right so and, and vote so you you want but you want thoughtful voting so how do you how do you get that and it, it's just very difficult uh because you want people to vote but you also want them to be informed and uh make thoughtful votes not just <clears throat> spam yes or no in fact i remember uh who was it like transmissions 11 uh a couple years ago or more than a year ago uh like almost in a uh vandalism act of vandalism set up a uh, delegate contract, I think for Uniswap that just, you could delegate to it and it would automatically vote no on everything. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's exactly what you, you don't want to see. So this is, this is a tough problem. I think if, when, when people ask me, how should delegates be paid? I think you definitely want to have some sort of participation metric. That's like a minimum. Like if you don't meet it, then you, you, that, that that's necessary, but not sufficient. If you don't meet it, you get penalized. Uh, so that should include both uh, actively voting in the majority, uh, you know, whatever threshold you want to set for votes, but also going to a forum or some other very clear uh, communication channel and in one place writing down uh, your justification. Now, these justifications for, you know, we voted for this or that or the other, you know, it could be one sentence and maybe it won't be quality because it's hard to measure quality. But, you know, getting people on the record is making some kind of statement about how they voted. So you don't have to go digging around on chain uh, and then why. So like um, GF for GFX labs, every protocol we vote at uh, the forum, there's a lab, uh, a thread that called, it's called the GFX labs delegation communication or something like that, something similar. And it will have our entire voting history on that protocol uh, with a, a brief like one or two sentence summary of every vote. And then depending on how in-depth it needs to be, an explanation of why we voted in the direction that we did. 
So I think these are things you want to tie to compensation. But then beyond that, there's still some missing ingredient that I think everyone has a hard time. They know it when they see it, but it's hard to put their finger on it. Yeah, so the the one thing which I struggle with is, um, I, I agree, like, baseline, you should at least um, have the delegates, like, voting and uh, posting reasons on the forum or anywhere. Um, that is, like, the absolute basic. But then, ultimately, uh, ultimately, what should happen is, like, all these decisions, like, what is it all adding up? Um, is the protocol um, succeeding? Um how do you measure that? Because ultimately, that's that's what needs to happen, right? Like, is the protocol growing? Are like more builders on this? Uh, is the TVL in- increasing? All the governance decisions you make are uh, towards that. So that is something which I have no idea, like how one could measure. Because really, like the compensation should be kind of tied to the tied to that ultimately. Because it's otherwise, as you said, like someone could set up a bot to constantly vote on proposals um i mean use chat gpt to <laughs> generate some nice uh, voting reason and post it on the forum or even automate that so uh, that's something which yeah I, I don't think anyone has cracked and it's a hard problem and in even measuring like tying compensation like long-term incentives to to you know metrics like tvl or revenues or something like that even that's difficult because you know dow's by nature, by their very nature, they even more than a particular than a a, a a traditional workplace, they really suffer from this concept, a the diffusion of responsibility, right? So for any task in a DAO, um, it it's really hard to rely on you know air quotes here the community to either police something or actively do something, right? Because what you really need is you need to be able to if something goes wrong. You need to be able to point to someone and say, it's your fault. What happened? How do we fix it? Uh, Because otherwise, you know, people might do some drive-by monitoring here and there. They'll do the stuff that really appeals to them or they have some free time. But, you know, people have lives. They have kids. They have other jobs. They Some work is just simply unpleasant or not many people know how to do it. Uh, you know, looking for things like, you know, accounting errors. You know, not many people go through and do this. And when they do, it's, um, you know, not always with the best of intentions. So you really need someone who's, who, you know, like, okay, TVL went up. That's wonderful. All right. But TVL or revenues went down. Well, you know, it, it's hard to necessarily say that's the, the delegates fault. Maybe the delegates made bad decisions, right? Or maybe something, maybe it's just, you know, Terra blew up and everybody's, you know, in trouble for the next six months. Uh, or maybe... Uh, the delegates approved uh, a great strategic decision, but it was executed poorly because there was either no one in charge or the people in charge of executing the specifics of it uh, are just not particularly accountable. So, uh, you know, yeah, you definitely want the delegates to do well if the DAO does well. Um, but I think, unfortunately, it's not always easy because delegates are not full-time, most of them, uh, to, to necessarily say it's their fault if things don't go well. Yeah, plus it's it's impossible to tie it directly because in a DAO there like there's hundreds of initiatives, um, at least in larger DAOs, and which one moved the needle, which one caused the issue? Like there is no way to directly link it. So uh, I agree, it, it's kind of a difficult problem. 
it reminds me of uh, you know some public uh, stock companies where um, the CEO does like a share buyback. The investors are super happy, and then the company goes bankrupt. Then the CEO still gets away with like hundred fifty million dollar golden parachute. And that's the kind of thing we definitely want to avoid, right? And also uh, not to punish delegates or the voters or anyone else for things out of their control. But it is interesting, right? How do you get any sort of semblance of a fair and accurate um, assessment of of, uh, of activity, both for, for delegates and for voters in general, um, in terms of there's, there's a, a well-known thing, right, of the right process and wrong result, right? Then the wrong process and right result uh, in everything, right? In, uh, including in delegate voting. So uh, measuring the result alone uh, could just have a huge bias for good results achieved by bad processes and eventually that's going to you know, really backfire. Um, and of course, measuring right process with the wrong results is going to be hard to justify. That's just very clear. Luckily, you know, blockchain in general is very transparent and DAOs are very transparent so that maybe can help. But um, how do you do that, right? How do you measure the right process? So you mentioned a bit uh, ChatGPT, uh, and um, yeah, maybe I have definitely heard of using AI to uh, kind of look for patterns of, of good voting versus bad voting, kind of in the same way that, you know, now some projects are looking for preventing civil attacks by using AI to uh, kind of weed out the token farming behavior. So maybe something like that, I don't know. Um, maybe, uh, what do, you, do you think it's it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be a mix of things, but do you think it's going to be more uh, technology-based approaches such as AI or more human-based approaches such as community, you know, various committees or some other human way of um, evaluating delegates and, and their effectiveness. Um, maybe even, well, actually, let, let's end it there. What do you guys think about Lazy Morgan be uh, AI-based, technology-based solutions or human community-based solutions? Um. I don't think it's either or. Um, it has to be some combination of both. Um, like the technology can only help so much. Um, it cannot. Uh, it can track like the activity, um, but it cannot like track like how much impact it had. So there has to be like some human element to it. So I think the solution is like some combination of both. Um, and there are like a lot of solutions out there, um, which try to tackle in both different ways but the answer I think it's somewhere in the middle like leverage technology but like also have the human element to it I mean if we're talking about evaluating delegates specifically I think that's really the responsibility of those who are delegating to them um, delegates are not necessarily uh, you know it depends on your expectations within your particular DAO but you know delegates they're first responsibility is really to those who delegate to them and people may have di divergent interests. So you may think that a delegate's not very good, but, um, and I may think that they're not very good, but if a large token holder thinks they're doing a good job, then, you know, that's, that's ultimately their decision to make. Um, I think, I think it really takes some kind of egregious, um, you know, breach of, of whatever social norms there are in your DAO to like, try to like give someone the boot or cut them off from pay um beyond i, I think you know if, if you have easy metrics like participation then that's that's like one thing but if you're trying to say well you just you know you suck 
um, that's just hard to get every, that's so subjective. It's, it's hard to get everyone on board. And I think you're setting yourself up for, uh, problems once you start going down that route. Um, so yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, uh, and I, I, at least I haven't seen any of like such scenarios in any of the DAOs, like we work with our, I uh, keep track of. Uh, where there's like, oh my God, like, why did I even delegate to this one? Um, like, they're like so bad and I'm just going to undelegate. Like, I've never seen anything like that happen. And then also, uh, from what we have looked at all the data, like people rarely re-delegate. Um, like the, with the whole concept of this delegation was like, oh, you can delegate all your tokens. And if you don't believe in their uh, thing anymore, or if they're not active, go re-delegate. But Token holders, really, like majority of them, don't even remember who they delegated to, um, and they just don't go redelegate at all. So, uh, so th that's one thing which I haven't seen working uh, in the DAOs. I think that's a fair point. Um, I think my pushback to that, and perhaps this is more indicative of uh, the more mature DAOs that we tend to uh, be at, but. Um, you know, small holders really don't drive the bus in any of these uh, DAOs, at least not in big ones. If you go to, you know, Maker or Uniswap or Optimism or somewhere like that, Arbitrum, even 0x or Compound or, you know, wherever, these older ones, um, you know, it really is uh, usually institutional investors that are uh, doing the delegation uh, of any significant size. And I will agree that some of them put more care and thought into who they delegate to than others. Um, I, and you're right, though, that this ultimately gets back to token holder apathy, right? I mean, that's the whole thing that delegation's supposed to address is the token holders don't want to vote because they don't want to pay attention all the time. And so they delegate and then maybe they don't pay attention to who they delegate to. So, uh, But um, it, with some of these institutional ones, like sometimes there's like, uh, without going into any detail because they're all different and I you know, can't disclose, but like, you know, some of them have fairly thoughtful processes about uh, being informed and, 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 you know, reviews of, you know, at, at, at specific like predetermined cadence of whether or not the, the tokens will stay on you or not. So um, if it's a DAO with like these big institutional whales, then I, I think they, I, I often don't agree with how rarely they, de-delegate, but they, they do do it sometimes. Okay. The, yeah, that, that's interesting. Like I, I do not think from the, um, like the major data token holder point of view, um, like as overall, yeah, then like the re-delegation numbers are very low, but, um, um, but, uh, the, the, from to what you said, like this lot of smaller token holders don't move the needle and they're not interested anyway. So. Okay, wait. So let's let's take that for a second. Uh, do you think there are ways, and should there be ways, to give more power to the smallholders to um, to make them bigger part of the process, to encourage them, maybe even give them more voting power? Uh, I don't want to plug Dexy too much, but we are working on something like that, where it's sort of you know quadratic voting, where if someone accumulates too much power, their voting coefficient, so to speak. Uh, the multiplier is going to be lower, uh, but that's just what we're working on. Other ways that you're thinking of or you've seen to empower small, both voters and delegates versus the whales versus the team, you know, et cetera. 
I mean, I think this is kind of an unsolved problem, and I think it's also not an entirely well-defined problem, right? I mean, do we have reason to believe that small token holders will generate better decisions uh, at most DAOs than than large ones? Um, I don't know. I mean, if they're, you know, what's the difference between a, a sleepy small token holder and a sleepy big token holder? <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what some DAOs are trying um, is give some voting power to those who are active, um, regardless. So it's one person, one vote kind of model, um, where you okay, you have like some certain decisions. Like it doesn't matter how many tokens you hold or how many tokens have been delegated to you. It's like have you been active in the DAO uh, for some definition of active. And then uh, give them the voting power. Um, like one of the small scale experiments, which is like we are like involved with this uh, with ApeCoin. They have this uh, Ape assembly where, based on certain criteria, they um, they gave everyone like one voting power, um, and they're experimenting with that. So I know like there are few experiments happening, but um, I don't know how we would replicate that on a larger scale um, because there are like some flaws in that model. Yeah, it's it does sound like it's something that could uh, kind of turn off the the smaller voters, the the less active voters, uh, if they see that the that the active ones already have too many too much voting. They're like you know, they might think of why bother, and kind of just uh, promote more centralization for those who are active. But then again, the ones who are active are the ones who are active, who actually, in some way, for some reason, could be genuine or could be monetary. But they do seem to be, you know, the ones who care. So I get that perspective. Um, I they, mean, if yeah. I were to wave a magic wand and, and and was allowed to change one thing about uh, the voting behavior of token holders or DAO governance in general to make a single improvement and you know generalize it across all DAOs, I think I would probably uh, say that it's uh, it, that that custodians centralized custodians at least like on exchanges um have a, a duty to uh you know ask their their uh to, to prompt their their customers with like a you know to say hey there's votes coming up and if you don't want to uh we will you know hire a uh you know disinterested third party to vote on your behalf if you do not do so i mean this is what happens with uh you know your stocks right if you're you, you have five shares of apple on you know at my brokerage at you know fidelity or vanguard or wherever um and i don't choose to vote at the you know shareholder meeting you know they uh i believe they're required to in this in in that case in the u.s they're required to hire some outside service to diligence and research you know whatever is up for a vote and then vote the shares for me if i fail to do so and that prevents these huge inactive blocks from existing, of uh, voting blocks from existing. So, um, you know, I don't know how that would look in reality, but if I could do one thing, it'd be, it'd be to get these these centralized exchanges to, to get off their butts and, you know, at least publish to, you know, send emails <laughs> to their, their customers. And, you know, 99% of them may not be interested, um, but there's just, so much of of most voting tokens sit on exchanges, and they where they can't vote. Yeah, they're just sitting there wasted, and 
I mean, it could be a really big problem, right? It's it's definitely not efficient and doesn't fully reflect the picture. Awesome. Yeah, and you have to think about it from the exchange or custodian's perspective, which is right. They there's very few people that say, "Hey, we're you're we're gonna lose you're gonna lose our business if you don't set it up so that we can vote." Right now, if you if you're just a regular person, you probably don't have a way to um, to vote with your tokens. If you're a large institutional holder, uh, then some exchanges support some voting. Um, some are easier than others, right? So like an open Zeppelin, like a Governor Bravo or Governor Charlie contract, like the tokens don't actually have to move. You just have to do a transaction to point the votes to another address and boom, that address can then vote on your behalf. Maybe, maybe that's you, maybe that's a delegate. Um, you know, that can be done from some places like, uh, Anchorage and Coinbase. Uh, but then you, if you have like a more bespoke setup, like say MakerDAO or zero X where the governance tokens have to be staked. That's just a no-go, right? So um, if you're a big institutional investor, you're probably a registered investment advisor, which means you have to use a qualified custodian, right? So, you know, you can't just go, you know, yeeting around tokens out in DeFi necessarily uh, if they're held uh, on behalf of your LPs, right? So um, because you have custodial requirements that you have to adhere to. So, you know, some of this is may even be just a technical challenge, um, but I think there's just nobody motivated to solve it. It's also why it remains a challenge. Um, so I have a, a, a question for you on that. So what if, um, you don't even consider anything locked in exchanges or centralized exchanges as part of the, um, the, the voting power. So if you have like 100 million tokens out of which 50 million are in the exchanges, so really the DAO's voting power is 50 million. Like, would that change anything? Like, now you vote, now you vote kind of thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's it's not always straightforward how to figure out how much is on exchanges, right? Particularly with cold storage wallets. These things tend to be spread out because there's usually insurance that's capped at uh, the amount per address. So, um, you know, like, you know, like, I, you know, if I open up, say, like Maker, right, Maker tokens and, and look at the top, like 50 wallets, um, there's like probably 12 or 15 that are cold storage on, on centralized exchanges. Um, and a lot, I, I think most of them are probably on one exchange, uh, but they have to spread them out because then they have their own uh, risk management uh, and internal processes. Right. You know, they don't all just live in a hot wallet somewhere that's, you know, labeled on ether scan. So, uh, you know, that's, that's one way to do it, but you would, you would have to have some way to consistently find all these operational wallets, uh, and, and, you know, try asking Binance or Coinbase to cough up the you know, full list of their Coles wallet uh, addresses. Right? There's zero chance of that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, another thing I was thinking was in, um, like when it comes to like stocks and um, the voting, like I don't think I have ever voted. Like I get these emails about like, hey, there's a um, uh, go vote. And I don't think I've ever voted on those. So I can like uh, sympathize with the token holders in the crypto world, like why they are like, like don't vote. Now, um, also in the stock market, I think it's like regulated, like the exchanges are, have to have to um, vote if the token holder, like if this uh, stock owner doesn't vote, like they have to vote on behalf. Um, that could be like there's some regulation. 
but there's no way to enforce that in the in the in the crypto world. So I, I don't know how that solution will work. Oh, what about just simple notifications? It's it's the topic of another panel. I'm gonna have a few weeks from now, but you know if. DAO holders know that a vote's happening and have very clear info about what the vote's about, why it's important, how to vote. Um, could that solve it in a way? I mean, maybe. I mean, the question then is like, what would the, to let's say you're a token holder and you get this email. So if your exchange doesn't support you voting through them, then you know what? So you're going to take your tokens off the exchange uh, and then and then go vote on you know snapshot or tally or wherever. Um, I mean, I think I, I like to think people would do that. I, I don't know. I think I think the centralized exchange really would have to support voting from within their platform. I also think they would have zero uh, incentive to tell you this if 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 you had to take your tokens off the platform to vote. So I don't think you would get them on board uh, unless they supported it. Um, but the trouble is there's no money in supporting it. So, you know, why they don't have a whole lot of incentive to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, and having spoken to some exchanges, like, you know, they, they're really, you know, I don't think that they will ever vote on their, their, their customer's behalf, even with some kind of notification system, unless they're required to do so because they don't want, you know, they're very sensitive to legal exposure at which all delegates should also be sensitive to. So. Uh, you know, delegates should be aware of what, can, you know, this is kind of a tangent, but they, delegates should always be aware. Um, whenever I talk to a student group or something, I always say, if you only do one thing, make sure you're contained inside a limited liability entity. If that's not the DAO that you're voting with, uh, which some of them have entities, some of them don't, then you need to be wrapped in one as you do your voting. So, um, but it, exchanges are no different. They're, you know, very hesitant for legal exposure reasons. Yeah, that's a good point. It's just not worth it for them, especially when there's no clarity on the uh, on the legal and the regulatory side. Maybe it, there's a way, and I'll just spitball in here, a way for the DAOs themselves or for others to kind of create mirror tokens for the ones held on exchanges that um, get created when, when the token is deposited on an exchange and then burned when it's removed and can only be used for voting and nothing else. I don't know if that's technically possible, but just kind of what way that DAOs themselves can do voting, work with exchanges without having to make exchanges do anything. Or like my head said, maybe there's no point, maybe just leave the exchanges alone and, and that's the price of holding your tokens on exchange. Like that's the the compromise you make in that they're custody by the exchange and you lose power to vote and you also lose the keys, but you know, some people prefer that. So another model, um, which a lot of DAOs are like, uh, testing out is, uh, because of all these challenges, the delegates and the token holders elect a group, um, like a council, uh, who's elected for like three months or six months and they may call the decisions. So that way you're like moving faster and also these people are like elected by the community. So that is a, um, that is something I've been seeing in many DAOs. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on those. 
Yeah, I mean, I I tend to think that's that's good for specific, very narrowly bounded projects, like maybe a, a grants program or building a specific smart co contract module, uh, like very discrete tasks. Um, I I'm not personally a fan of just electing like a small group to decide for like you know all decisions, just because at that point, what's what's the purpose of being a DAO? Why not just have a regular company, <laughs> right? Um, and sell shares. But then the token holders are still electing them every few months though. Um, right? Like it's, it's ultimately still like if the token holders don't like how this group performed, like that whole group can be gone and then a new group can be formed. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can be, I think when people have like carte blanche though to like, yeah. And, and you know, maybe there's like tight limits on, on what they can do, but I think having like generalized decision makers, um, I mean, I think, you know, I think decentralization, I'm pre actually pretty agnostic on it. I think it works well for some things and not for others. And there's a spectrum, but I mean, I think it, you know, if something needs to be decentralized, it should be decentralized. And if it, shouldn't if it doesn't need that then then you know what what you probably shouldn't force it to be decentralized so you know it kind of i think depends on what your dao is doing and and what tasks you want them the these elected folks to do but um i don't know i'm kind of wary i've just i've seen this this play out and uh, you know slow uh <laughs> progressive centralization <laughs> at, at some some DAOs. in a way it sounds like the delegates are that kind of council right they there's a smaller group of people generally that gets more uh, voting power and decision power than they would as individuals. Um, but yeah, maybe, you know, I, I'm definitely a fan of flexible systems, right? So where different approaches are combined. So when we uh, talk about decisions that need to be made fast, uh, there's always a way to create, you know, working groups and to separate the kinds of decisions, kinds of voting. Uh, I don't, Thing there has to be like one approach for everything, right? But uh, what if, right, for let's say some critical decisions that need to stop a, a hack from happening, there's an elective council that's very limited powers for a very specific time uh, and specific for specific little things. There's working groups that maybe are smaller, but then have to present to the bigger one or vice versa. It's interesting to see what's out there. Uh, Favor podium year, obviously, or gets like different. What have you seen that the different DAOs do in terms of um, optimizing for both the speed, the execution of the decision, decentralization? Well, I mean, it, it, you know, I think it, it's it, this is a trade off, right? There's no right answer, right? So, uh, you know, having things like time locks for, you know, take a, to take a very simple example, you know, that, that slows down decision-making and decision implementation on purpose. Uh, right. If, if, a, a you know, some DAOs you have to, uh, a proposal has to be posted like in a review stage for X number of days before it can be voted on. And then there's X number of days before the code can be executed. Um, you know, these are safety measures to prevent, you know, sloppy or malicious code from getting through before people had time to, to review it uh, or get out of the way in the case of a time lock. Uh, but we've also seen how that can backfire, right? Like uh, think about 
you know, the, the compound rewards bug like a year and a half or so ago, two years ago, uh, where they just spewed out comp rewards, uh, because a decimal was in the wrong place and it took like seven days or something to fix it. Um, so I think DAOs just have to think about their risk tolerance. Um, ideally, uh, you know, you want your DAO to be building something that's autonomous. So, um, it probably makes sense to, uh, you know, as, as you're confident, there's no bugs or a few bugs that, that you, you, um, you know, have, have subst substantial delay, I think. And, and to be quite frank, like there's very few, you know, you know, exploits when they happen, it's a binary event. They tend to be quite, um, you know, quite quick, say whether that's a technical exploit or just, a you know, an error somewhere, you know, yeah, the worst of they screwed up and, and something just didn't work the way you thought it would. Um, by the time you realize it's broken, you know, when, is, if you get it, is getting a, the ability to get a decision done in 12 hours, is that going to be materially better than a decision in 48 hours? I, it probably depends on your protocol. And, and, and if it, if you don't need it done quickly, then perhaps you don't need a counsel like that, except for the fact you need someone to point to and say, you know, this is your fault, <laughs> but maybe that's the delegates. Yeah. So <laughs> no, those are the, those are good points. I wonder, um, so all the councils I'm seeing like being formed, the first obvious ones seems to be in the grants. Uh, maybe it's because it's naturally doesn't need like every token holder to vote on every like grant proposal maybe. Um, so that's, that's one thing I've noticed, like from the protocol itself point of view, I haven't seen any, um, any councils like formed. I'm curious, uh, even probably you were talking earlier about, uh, impartial or maybe when you were talking about impartial delegates. Uh, and impartial um, parties, right? Uh, that uh, the stock companies are required to use. Can this be done in crypto? Um, for example, so you guys might be employing your delegates for a bunch of different DAOs. Do you consider yourselves uh, impartial entities or more so like activist entities or something between? Um, where do you see the the role and the possibility of you know impartial? experts, I guess, who could just look at different DAOs and without any sort of pressure on voting one way or another, make the decision purely on the merit of, of the expertise and of uh, what the decision can do potentially for the benefit of the DAO. I don't know that anyone exists right now that could fill that role, um, you know, that, that has the depth of knowledge, but also no, like, uh, you know, they don't have a horse in the race, so to speak. Um, part of that's just because this is an ecosystem where everyone, there's just a lot of related parties by virtue of the fact there's only so many investors and so many contributors. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that there's anyone with the depth of knowledge that could do that now. As for our, our own participation, uh, we tend to pride ourselves in like being like nuts and bolts kind of people, like a lot of the boring bureaucratic stuff that nobody really wants to do. Uh, like cleaning up, uh, you know, proposal text or, uh, you know, writing the executable code for, for something. Um, you know, like, like, uh, yeah, the, the big debate recently, like of the last year, at, like Uniswap was 
you know, which bridge to use for cross-chain deployments. Well, then GFX like does the actual implementation of what gets voted, right? You know, someone's because at the end of the day, you can vote whatever you want. But someone's got to have the code written to execute it and then make, you know, test it and make sure it works and then do it. Um, or, um, uh, right now we have, uh, an amendment up at MakerDAO about like some reporting requirements for some contributors. And, you know, these are things that kind of fall th through the cracks. So that's kind of what we do, but I would say, um, you know, our, again, our main responsibility is to our delegators, um, who are, you know, themselves presumably have a vested interest in whatever protocol doing well. Um, you know, you know, in general, we try to, you know, look at things through the lens of like, how, how does this, you know, help or hurt our delegators, which 95% of the time is not going to be different from any other token holder, but once in a while it might be. So, um, you know, DAOs are, are messy, right? They're, they're, they're kind of supposed to be right. I mean, democracy is messy and I guess democratic, plutocracy is messy too um you know the DAOs are not supposed to be like a thing with alignment and everybody swimming in the same direction um it's supposed to be a bunch of divergent interests that come together and you know loosely affiliated people that are 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 developing and marketing uh you know a computer program right i mean building protocols so the um, on that specific topic, it's uh, it's funny. So I had this um, uh, question. Um, I'm like, we look at like a lot of DAO like activity data and like how delegates are voting. And one of the um, the questions we wanted to answer was like, how contrarian are the delegates? Like, how often are they voting against the um, majority? Uh, turned out, it is like very, very, very low. Like point like zero one or point not even point one uh, of all like the major delegates we found. So um, it, it was slightly off topic, but like it's based on like what you like said, like you have to kind of like vote like on how you believe, like what you believe. And turns out like majority of the proposals are like non-controversial at all. Like pretty much everyone agrees and votes in that direction. And maybe sometimes like you see some abstains, but mostly everyone votes in the same direction. Like that's what I've, I've noticed and at least like that's what the data says I think I think that's correct I I will I should probably say that our view on this is, is probably the minority view there's a lot of people that harp on like alignment and you know collaboration and stuff um I would say that you know we we try to be collegial and, and polite with people but uh we we view DAO governance as a, a, a as an adversarial environment but we also realize that most people prefer not to think of it that way. Yeah. Like agreed. There is like, um, before a proposal goes for a vote, there's a lot of discussion on the, uh, forum where there might be disagreements and clarifications. Uh, but even then I was kind of surprised that the, um, we call it the contrarian index. Like how often are you voting in contrary to others? And, uh, yeah, it turns out it's, it's super low. So how do we fix that? How do we get people to actually fight it out a bit more? And by the way, welcome digital. I see here digital's always got interesting opinions, especially on delegation, but not things down as well. And always ready to step up. I really appreciate you being here. I know it was super last minute, and that's on me. Um, no worries. Uh, I just got to finish on Mario's stage talking about the Ben coin, uh, the Ben dot ETH lawsuit. So uh, still a nice. That 
Uh, no, they just fought, they just filed the lawsuit today. Oh. Okay, yeah, I, that'll be fun. Lawsuit because I was prepping for this, but anything Ben that I eat this, well, fun. <laughs> but uh, th thanks for inviting me. In. Uh, I could use a nice brain relaxation. Let's talk about DAOs, human organization, and efficient uh, delegation. Yeah. So right now we're kind of trying to figure out. Well, first of all, more specifically from Ash's question. Uh, for how to get people to actually fight more and be more contrarian and not just agree on every proposal. And then more general discussion is how to motivate delegates uh, to actually delegate, to actually participate. You know, so few of them actually vote. And... So I posted I posted last night, actually, before you invited me. And I said the way that DAOs, because everybody, nobody believes in DAOs, and I, I, I understand uh, why, because of the things you're saying. Um, DAOs, in my opinion, won't survive until A, they're built bottom up instead of top down. That's why they're all so heavy and you don't have engagement because they're not built on the premises of why DAOs should exist in the first place. And what, what makes decentralization, uh, the only way decentralization works is if, if, is if the people who are decentralized actually do the effort, right? It's why our space has been so rife with, with, with the fraud is because people aren't self-regulating. It's the same problem. Um, and I think the, the core problem comes down to it's all about money. So until DAOs are created by people with mission-driven incentives uh, and not money-driven incentives, DAOs are not really DAOs. They're just financial vehicles that are that are improperly built. So all this good talk about voting, uh, quadratic shit, incentivization, uh, if you're still going back to money, you're doomed to fail, in my opinion. So how do you motivate them by mission? How many of them can you make motivate by mission as well? Like, you, right? you have to make the DAO itself has to be has to be mission driven. So I'm launching a DAO soon, right? It's about political advocacy. the 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 core of the the fundraising, how people get their their voting shares, is by is by donating to charity. Donations already have a a, a zero sum expectation. In fact, there's a negative. Uh, uh, there's a negative externality when it comes to donating, which is currently when you donate to a, a candidate, your your information is sold. So you're starting with the paradigm of which not only do you not have financial gain expectations, you don't you actually don't have any any actual expectation, right? You're dealing with charity, but your information is sold currently. So the premise for our DAO is donate to advocacy. You also happen to get an NFT and a vote to decide where, how those funds get used in terms of advocacy. There's no financial uh, return expectation. The mission is the advocacy. And I can guarantee you, I can't guarantee you, my guess and my, my thesis is that we will not have a problem with, with uh, engagement and involvement because everybody wants to have involvement in politics, especially if you're donating money in the first place. Does that make sense for mission-driven? For politics, yeah. And even then, I do wonder, as it gets bigger, how many people will actually stay tuned in, right? That's the part of Mahesh's research that uh, as the DAO matures or as time passes, people become less and less engaged. And and then what happens, right? So what use cases do you have? Sorry, I'm, you, I'm, I'm not going to take that. What use case do you have of a mission-driven DAO that gives you any data to to that would be relevant to the data that you're collecting that I believe is all financially driven? Uh, I can actually give you like an, um, for your DAO itself, um, I think what you're doing is incredibly um, like great. So I would probably like donate 
uh, which means I'll probably get some voting power. And I'm pretty sure even if I'm excited and like getting involved and voting on, and if I have voting power, I'll probably exercise it like for a few months and then I'll probably drop off. Uh, like I have no expectations of like a return or reward or anything, but I'm just like so busy, like I'm donating for a cause, but even if you give me voting power, like I won't do anything with it. Perfect. So, so that's why your NFT, that's why your voting NFT is allowed to be converted to tokens and sold on the open market. So if you're not interested anymore, you're not going to have a stale NFT. You're going to liquidate that in, into tokens and, and leave the ecosystem. But I don't know why I would liquidate it. Like I will just hold this NFT as like, hey, this is kind of nice NFT. I donated. I got an NFT. Um, I'll hold on to it. You never know. Like maybe I'll get involved in the future. I don't know, right? So, like amplify that. Like, oh, as your DAO grows, it it's like there will be more people who who might have the same thinking as me. Like I'll just hold on to that NFT, which means there's like a whole chunk of users who have the voting power who are not exercising the voting power. So here's, here's the last piece to this puzzle. Um, every single one of our NFT holder, this is the first wallet they've ever had and the first NFT they've ever had. These are Republicans and Democrats and people in, interested in, in the voting process and interested in advocacy. They just happen to have an NFT as the way that they can then have an impact on the advocacy. So these are not DJs. As soon as you said Republicans, I was like, oh shit, and then okay, Democrats too. But it's the it's the it's the Trump effect, right? The reason Trump NFTs pumped is because most of those people bought NFTs using a credit card or what have you, and have no idea how to sell uh, their their investment was giving money to Trump, right? Supporting Trump, saying that they were a part of the the Trump NFTs. Maybe a couple of them showed their their cousins and nephews, but they have no intention of selling those. Um, the point is that the purchase, the, and I guess when I say mission driven, the purpose of getting into the DAO is not financial. The purpose of getting into the DAO is to be active in the DAO inherently. And so I believe that is how you avoid all the issues that DAOs currently suffer from. So it sounds like it's basically leaning towards fewer, but more active people, right? So instead of basically trimming the fat of people who are in it or more passive reasons, right? And just given the, the power to those who really have the time and the energy and the desire, whether, you know, in this case, political and other cases, otherwise to do the legwork um, because they care so much, right? And legwork is, is the key phrase, right? Most of the voting we predict will be uh, getting people into positions to be able to run rallies, go to rallies uh, uh, and do, um, do, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Sorry. Um, do the actual advocacy. Do, ad <laughs> do the actual advocacy. Yes. Sorry for coming in hot, guys. Carry on. Well, that's what I wouldn't expect any less of you. <laughs> you. You're always making fun. I love it. But do you understand my point? Right. I, I, I'm constantly befuddled by the idea that. People don't understand why there's no involvement. And then they also on the flip side say, well, there's no real, there's no real point, right? Why do people vote in America? Like, why would, as a Democrat, why, why would I vote in California? My vote doesn't matter, but I still vote. Why? 
because it's the act of voting and involvement that that gives me my, my purpose and is why I is why I go to the, the 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 polls right. It's not a financial direct financial return. So if DAOs aren't working because it is true that whales make the decisions because it's about allocation of funds, then you have what happens with nouns DAO, right? Eventually, people get greedy even if even if the mission is great along the way. If the mission isn't money, then I think DAOs can work. And if we want DAOs to be the future of decentralized governance in terms of nation states, uh, real self-governance, then the purpose has to not be the money. The purpose has to be the governance itself. All right, let's go with that. Do you see the a place for money there at all in terms of some sort of rewards for everyone's participation, distribution of whatever interest, profit, et cetera, or should we just take money out as much as possible altogether? in terms of rewards. I presume we're talking to the other guests, right? Because I've already answered that. Yeah. Well, um, favorite Emporium, um, has you guys want to chime in? I mean, I, I think this kind of touches on earlier where we were saying that there's lots of good reasons to vote, lots of reasons not to vote. Um, and, you know, as, as the... the the other guest has pointed out like because you think you're going to change the outcome of the election is probably not the thing to lean on so he's correct the act of voting but i you know i don't know how you get something that like a sense of civic duty at a dow level right i mean you know when i go to the polling place i see my neighbors um i you know get a, a you know where i live i get a sticker that i can then go to the local donut shop and get a free cup of coffee uh i don't i don't know how you get that kind of social uh buy-in for like voting on a parameter change in a DAO. <laughs> and, and one thing to add to that is um it's also like how often are you voting like in the general elections you like you vote once in four years another one in like once every year once in two years but in a DAO, if you're like voting on things like every month that's a lot um so it's it's just natural that the participation will go down even if you're like a part of a mission oriented DAO. At least that's my uh that's my thinking. Yeah, that's the that's an interesting question of how do you get people to be active in DAOs where the passion is lower, right? So politics is a high passion enterprise. Obviously people are very opinionated, etc. Uh but like you said, parameter change not sexy, <laughs> very little passion, uh, various technical solutions, not sexy, right? The various allocations, how do you get them involved there? Do you give more power to, let's say, for parameters change to engineers that really care about that? Uh, for, you know, maybe, you know, talking about legal rappers, like if there's a legal question, to give more power to legal experts. Um, do you create, you know, different types of voting I don't want to say class, but different kind of votes for different types of experts in different areas. And can you motivate them without money? Like what's, what kind of motivation can you get for people to vote often, uh, thoughtfully, contrarianly as well, right? When needed and, and without gaming the system. This is me shrugging. I, 
Um, I do unfortunately have to go. I have an exit here. It's after one o'clock. Um, yeah. um, since, uh, yeah, it's already past one o'clock just before you guys go. Uh, I don't know if I actually could say, but, um, uh, I always give an opportunity for our guests to plug anyone else. That's an interesting person to speak to. Um, just that, that way we get to, to meet new interesting people and kind of expand this conversation. So if you guys want to do it. This is definitely the time for that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just plug out. There's a service. I, the first email I open every day is, uh, something called Senate that just, they send me email alerts on, you can sign up for DAOs. Uh, and when there's a vote there, they'll like send you an email and there's even like a little countdown. And, and, uh, if you choose to share your voting address with them, they'll even have like a little check mark of whether or not you voted on it yet. So, um, it's not like anything fancy, but that's kind of a cool thing. It's not like a person to talk to, but it's governance related, a handy widget for me. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, shill our own product, which is uh, used by a number of DAOs. And if uh, it's uh, karmahq.xyz slash DAOs, if you go there, you will see all the delegate dashboards we have built for uh, different DAOs. Um, which helps uh, DAOs improve their governance and it helps the uh, delegates and the community. Thank you both guys. And that was very interesting discussion. And I, I know it became very hot towards the end, which is also interesting in its own way. I love when there's different opinions and there's challenging opinions as well, right? Because I'm using this personally to learn. I'm hoping our listeners are using this to learn the, the big idea here is for all of us in one way or another to, to keep learning and exploring these topics and hopefully coming up with better and better solutions. So thank you guys. It, I barely had to chime in and ask questions. It was this dynamic of a discussion, which is not that often. Uh, and I'm really appreciative for both of you. Uh, so thank you again for coming. Uh, for everyone else, uh, for everyone listening, thank you for coming. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new topic and new guests and really appreciate you being here. Um, this is it. This is the beat from Dexy. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for having me.